don't pop your pimples don't just just wash your face and don't don't pop your pimples and don't drink so much when like next year like, it's not cool to be drunk Andy it's not cool to be drunk and, and do a drunken haka like no that's not that's not cool at all it's not gonna get you girls hello listener my name is V the voice of pod and I am the host of podcaster podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello, podcaster. Hello. Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. My name's Andy Rowe and my podcast is called The Andy Rowe Show, but it's not about me. It's not about me. Just my name is in the, in the, in the title, but it's not about me, I promise, if you listen to it. It's about the guests. Thank you for joining us, Andy. How are you today? I'm actually quite nervous. I'm actually a little bit nervous. Like, I've never been on this side of the microphone before. I've never been interviewed like this before. Like, right now, my my palms are, are sweaty. I've worn a linen shirt so that I can breathe as much as possible. But, you know, I feel a little bit like I'm on the, on the spot. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. Let's go. Great. Let's begin. Why did you decide to start your podcast? Wow. Why did I decide to start my podcast? Like, There's it's quite a few reasons. Like, I've, I've always worked in the media industry. Um, I've worked in radio. I've worked um, for, you know, as, as long as I've been um, out of school, really. And... I've never felt like I've had a place or had or, or my personality's fitted with with what radio stations require like you look at when you're when you're coming up through the media industry and you look at who the announcer is at that point of time and um and the style that they've got and how good they are at talking and or how funny they are or how witty they are or how they come up with material and like it was always sort of about trying to find myself in that industry and find out like where, where do I fit and I didn't really ever feel, feel like I fitted anywhere um which is you know it's it's weird because like your family is always backing you and saying you know you've got the gift of the gab and all that rubbish that you always hear from people that aren't in the industry but you look at these people that are really successful and uh like you just look at them and think I've, I, don't, I don't have what they've got and it's not necessarily a confidence thing. It's it's trying to find what you do have because I knew I had something. I knew I've got some. I know I've got a, a skill that maybe other people don't have or other people haven't found yet or don't use. Um, and over the course of my career, I've worked out that my skills not so much being the personality or or being the funny guy, or being witty, or being you know. Um, really clever or anything like that my, my skill I think is that I'm able to leave my ego at the door when it comes to my podcast and just listen to the other person and and with the goal of uh making the getting the best out of the per, other person getting the best out of the person that I'm interviewing or whoever's on the podcast with me and trying to 
find out as much as I can about that person before the interview and then knowing the information that I want to get out of them and then just asking them the right questions to get that information and that's where I found I had a that that was my skill that was my lane if you like um and and I knew that if I could launch a podcast and do that then I could get some good guests on and the guests would sell my show for me not me and um, the reason why I call it the Andy Rowe show is because that's the only really time you're going to hear my name or any, hear anything from me. Um, so you've got to have some sort of marketing in there, don't you? And, and you've got to have some sort of profile in media. And that's that's my only little bit of profile that I have is the name on the podcast. And then the rest of the time when you listen to the podcast, it's you should, in theory, or well, my goal is that you should come away from it learning about the person on the other end of the microphone the, the person that i'm interviewing you should know about them and you should hear their stories and hear the i should get the best out of them i should get their best stories i should get their best bit of information um and when people give me feedback about my podcast they should be saying i really like this person or i really like that person and that's why i started the podcast i i thought that that's what i could do um and just acknowledged that I'm not necessarily the stereotypical podcaster or, or presenter or host um, that you know makes millions on TV because they're the personality. But that's why I started the podcast, if that makes sense. What has been the biggest challenge making your podcast? The biggest challenge is, is always, I know this is a bit cliche, but it's always just trying to get to as many ears as possible and growing the audience. And like, it's such a competitive market and there's so many new podcasts being uploaded every single day. Like there's so many, there's a ridiculous stat. I don't know what it is. I think Spotify get two new podcasts uploaded every minute or every hour or something like that. But that's that's a lot. That's a lot. And they're, they're all people that have you know the same goal in mind of having a successful podcast. And they're all we're all trying to fight over the same pair of ears. And if you um I interviewed a guy called Will Page, who was the first chief executive of uh chief economist rather, chief economist of Spotify. And one of the things he talked about was, you know, and he likened it to podcasting, and it made so much sense to me, is it's like if you're in a if you're in a room full of people um, and you're at the back, you have to find a way to get everyone's attention and everyone in the room is trying to do the same thing. So you're in a room, everyone's trying to get each other's attention and they're all everyone's got the same goal. And that's what podcasting is as well. Like We're all trying to scream the loudest. We're all trying to wave our hands. We're all trying to get the same amount of attention from the same people. And it's not easy. It's like... You have to find ways to be different and you have to find not just ways to be different with your content, but ways of introducing people to your content. So ways of bringing people in to give it a go. And that that's that's the biggest challenge for me. I think it's such a, um, you know, you, you might make, you might think you've made the best podcast or done the best interview and it's great content. But the reality is, if you if that person doesn't have a whole lot of follower a whole lot of followers on um, social media, and you don't have a whole lot of followers on social media, it's just friends and family that are going to listen to it. So, how do you 
how do you get around that? And there's no easy answer. And it's just perseverance. You've just got to keep going. And, you know, if you think you're making good content and you keep making good content sooner or later, you you hope that it's going to blow up. Or you sooner or later, you hope that you might get that one interview that, that might go viral or you might get that one bit of gold that gets everyone everyone's attention and then they might go back and listen to you the rest of your podcast and there's just so many different ways but that's definitely the challenge is trying to find new people to listen to your podcast and trying to get them to listen because people are very time poor what are you most grateful for what am i most grateful for is that to do with the podcast or is that just to do with everything? I think, oh, oh man, it's cliche, but it's definitely my family. Um, yeah, didn't think I'd be getting emotional early on. Um, yeah, it's been hard. Like they're all back in, back in New Zealand. And I think like being away from them for so long with COVID, it's, It's been it's been really hard. It's been really hard, and um, but I guess like, fucking hell, like what? <laughs> I didn't expect this to be happening so soon. <laughs> oh god, um, yeah, my family, like I am so grateful for them. They're just like I've got little nieces and nephews that are back in New Zealand that um, are just like the you know, cutest little things, but I, I just haven't seen them. I haven't seen them for like two years. So that's just like, you know, being, being away, like absence, like make, does make the heart grow fonder. You just can't get, you just can't get around that. I mean, look, <laughs> um, but that's, that's what I'm most grateful for. And then also my wonderful fiance, like she's just like, it's just been me and her together for two, two years. I mean, we've been together long that, but like through COVID, it's just been me and her. She's away from her family. I'm away from my family. We, we, um, maybe I'm most grateful for FaceTime because I get to see my family and she, and you know some people some people may not have in the past so I'm most grateful for for FaceTime <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> yeah next question what makes you feel uncomfortable that last question <laughs> makes me feel uncomfortable um, that's it I mean there's this is, and when when people it makes me feel uncomfortable when I get emotional in front of people because it doesn't happen very often and that's the first time someone's been able to do that to me in a podcast or anything like that before um, but I guess like for a man showing their emotions it's not a comfortable thing to do and um, when you um, when that comes out you, you like naturally your mind is like how do I how do I get out of the situation <laughs> how do I how do I how do I stop being uncomfortable how do I stop being emotional because um you're just constantly thinking oh people are going to watch this people are going to hear this and you're just going to look silly but who gives a fuck ketchup or mustard oh ketchup or mustard do you know what like I've always been a massive can I say tomato sauce instead of ketchup i'm gonna say tomato sauce or mustard because all my life i've been a massive tomato sauce fan and 
I would have always said tomato sauce on everything. But recently, I think as you get older and your palate starts to sort of develop a little bit more, you can use mustard for so many different things. I think I think I'm nah. It's it's, it's tomato sauce. It's it's got it's got to be tomato sauce because you can use tomato sauce on every single thing. And you know, f- fish and chips for for starters. Imagine if you ha- if you only had a choice of ketchup or mustard and they said if they took ketchup away and said i can only use mustard on my tomatoes um, if they took if they took ketchup away and said i can only use mustard on my fish and chips i'd be like fuck that noise like that's not that's not what i'm after that's not what i like whereas if there was a situation where um what's on mustard if if you had like a ham and mustard sandwich for example and they took the mustard away and said, "You can only use ketchup." I, I'd be okay with that. I'd be less, I'd be less angry. But if you took the must, if you took the tomato sauce away from the fish and chips and said you can only have mustard, I'd be fuming. So it's got to be tomato sauce or ketchup. What three episodes of your podcast would you recommend to new subscribers? Oh, man. There's so many. I just I can't narrow that down. No, um, Dr. Tara Swart is my number one. She she is amazing. She's like one of the leading neuroscientists in the UK and has this like she's written a couple of books. One of them's called The Source, which refers to the brain. Um, and she, she has this like she's supremely intelligent. She's a really intelligent lady. But she has this way of communicating really complex things about the brain in a really simple way that everyone can understand and and explaining how your mind works, how your brain works rather, like from not from um, necessarily a um, psychiatrist point of view, but an actual science neuroscientist point of view on actually this is how the brain functions and works. And she was telling me about these studies about um, how we can you can use your brain uh, into like tricking your body even to like thinking that they're younger, that they're sharp or even even you can use your brain to trick you into thinking you were healthier. And they did these studies and um, where one of the stories she was talking about where was where um, they had these three groups of old people and they put them into these three different houses and in the first house they had these old people were just like living normally like everything in the house was like normal the second um uh house the the old people uh had um what they have they were told to visualize uh being younger they they would have these visualization sessions and the third house they completely redid the whole house and um they like, took the so so they set it up like it was like the 1970s like when these older people were back in their youth um and they took away their walking frames their walking sticks they took away everything to make them feel like and, and dress them everything was replicated to when it was when they were younger and the study showed that there was like no change in the people in the old people that were in the normal house with nothing changed the people that visualized there was slight improvements in their mental health and then the people that they had changed everything they they were they were healthier their ailments 
got better. Um, their everything, everything improved. They even showed people pictures of how these people even looked younger. So there was like just the the way your brain can fun like function and trick just trick your whole body into thinking you're younger. It was just fascinating. So that was that's my favorite one. She had loads of studies like that um, that she talked about in the podcast, and it just blew my mind. The second one is a guy called Matthew Griffin. So Matthew Griffin is a futurist. So what that is is he he advises all the major governments and including the UK and the US, like in China and and the and major tech firms like Huawei and um, Samsung and all these major tech firms on what the future is going to look like between now and 2070 so so that so that people can plan so you know what cities are going to look like what kind of transport people are going to have what kind of medical facilities that are going to be in, in, over the course of the next 50 years and like some of this crazy stuff that he was talking about that I thought was going to happen in you know the next 100 years is, is happening now and like things like being able to 3D print hearts and and, and body organs and um, other things like that and um, mind reading stuff. So like the New York police, for example, are already using technology where they can read someone's mind. So let's say you get mugged, they can put this thing on your head and it reads your mind and it will it will produce a photo of the person that you're thinking about that mugged you. So it's like mind reading capabilities, which is mental, um, literally. So it's crazy, and that stuff is already out there now and, and and in use. And that so Matthew Griffin, that's that's the second one I recommend. And the and the the third one I recommend is the first guy I interviewed has to be um, for the show a guy called Dan Lowe's. So he's a fast jet pilot. So he he um, he uh, was also a Top Gun instructor. So you're thinking Tom Cruise, but the instructor, um, and he flew in the in the Red Arrows as well. So if you don't know, I think most of you will probably know who the Red Arrows are. But if you aren't, basically you, they're the elite of the RAF, and they uh, fly the, those red jets from like the 70s, but they're still better than anything New Zealand's got. But um, we don't have anything. But they fly these jets and do all like the at parades and stuff and fly over and wave to the queen and things like that but he was telling me some great stories about um dog fighting at top gun school and um and intercepting russian bombers so he was in the quick response team so he'd be sitting in his flat one night could be any night and he gets a beep 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 the alarms go off like a fire alarm he'd run out to his fast jet um get into his jet fly out and they'd intercept these russian bombers that were flying at london and so he'd watch, he'd follow them for a while. He'd pull up next to them, and they'd be like, shh, flying along next to each other. And then the Russians would be like waving to them, and he'd wave back. And then they'd hold up some porn magazines, and they'd have a good old laugh. And uh, then by the time um, he'd start getting a bit closer, so he'd see like the wash, and then he'd start to see London. And he was like, oh God, you know, he'd be thinking, there's actually, this is a little bit sinister. And there's like, I've got friends and family down there. Um, so it was time to like tell these Russians it's time to time to go. So what he would do is be flying next to it, and he'd just flip his jet upside down to show that he was fully loaded. And it was at that point the Russians would be like, "Okay, okay, it's time to leave." But yeah, that 
that uh, they're my top three. So Dr. Tara Swart, Matthew Griffin, and Daniel and Dan Lowe's uh, legends. But yeah, there's a few others that I've missed out that could have easily made that list. What advice would you give to a 15-year-old you? Don't pop your pimples. Don't just just wash your face, and don't don't pop your pimples, and don't drink so much when like next year. Like it's not cool to be drunk, Andy. It's not cool to be drunk and and do a drunken hacker. Like no, that's not that's not cool at all. It's not going to get you girls. Um, and also, um, yeah, I don't know. That's probably about it. I think life's a long journey. I suppose. Young Andy, there's no rush. You don't need to settle down with a girlfriend yet. You don't need to worry about making uh, everyone think that you're a man and can drink and you're, you know, there's there's no need for any of that. So it's, it's a long old journey to prove yourself and um, don't don't be in a rush to do it. Just as as soon as uh, partying and, and girls arrive on the scene. Are you a leader or a follower? depends where I am it depends where I am and it depends what you call a leader because I always find that you know, leadership is is a interesting one isn't it because you want to say you're a leader everyone wants to say they're a leader no one's going to say I'm a follower because um, that's just but that's a bit weak but I think there's a time for following and a time for leading I think like if you're if you've got a vision, like if it's if it's my podcast, I'm a leader. If it's a if it's if I don't know if if there's, if there's a situation that you're not as familiar with as someone else, then you're a follower. Like you you've got to rely on whoever is best equipped to to navigate whatever situation you're in, and that's kind of dictates whether you're a leader or a follower. Um, I don't. I think it's good to be open to being both. What song would you like played at your funeral? Jesus. What song would I like played at my funeral? Let me look at let me look at my um let me look at my Spotify for a second. Um I've got it on airplane mode so no one will call me. I'm just gonna go to the, my like songs. Um I'm gonna go with Ah uh, yes. Sweet emotion, Aerosmith. Easy. That's what I want replayed at my that's what I want played at my funeral. Sweet emotion by Aerosmith. Such a cracking song. And also like it's just like cracking to see. I've never seen it live, obviously, but I've you know seeing it in video clips and stuff, it looks epic. How often do you daydream? Man, I daydream all the time. I'm literally, I'm just, I'll be on the phone to my boss and she'll like, she'll always be like, I've lost you, haven't I? Or she'll be like, Andy, Andy, like, it, she'll, she'll know because I'm just, yeah, I'll, I'll daydream all the time. Like if, because what happens is I'll be in a conversation and they'll say something and I will stick on a point. Um, in my mind, like if, if we're trying to solve a problem or we're trying to talk through a situation, I won't. I, I find it hard sometimes to look at all the parts of the situation all at once. So I'll I'll hear a problem. I'll be like, okay, let's, and, and I'll break it down like as, as I'm hearing it. And but when someone's explaining it to me, 
I'll be still stuck on that first point and they would have like carried on and still be explaining the whole situation. And I would have in that time, hopefully have like maybe solved that problem or I'll, I'll just be thinking about something completely different. I'll be thinking about um, that. You might've said something and it's triggered an idea in my head. Like I'll be, we'll be talking about something completely unrelated to the podcast and I'll be thinking, oh, that's a good idea for a podcast. That's a good idea for an interview. But I wonder how I could get that person. I wonder if they've got a, I wonder if they've done a book. I wonder if they've done a podcast. I don't wonder if they've done an interview already. Oh, actually, maybe I'll have a look on Spotify. I'm going to have a look on Spotify. And then I'll have a look on, oh, maybe I'll have a look on iTunes. I wonder if he's done that interview with that. And then I'll just, all the time, I'll daydream all the time. Like, I'm, I think, does that make me creative? Or does that just make me a space cadet? I think I think that makes me creative, doesn't it? I think, oh fuck, I'll take both. I think like it, it depends. I suppose it depends which way you want to look at it. But I reckon most people would just say I'm a space cadet. Would you rather be honest and poor, or a liar and rich? <laughs> oh, fucking liar and rich! <laughs> Mate, you can you can always apologise for the lies, can't you? It, it just depends that no no liar and rich absolutely like you can yeah definitely definitely a liar and rich anyone who says honest and poor is not poor they've never been poor no way no no way do i want to be honest and poor you can I, i'll be liar and rich but then just apologize for my lies afterwards um but as long as i'm not hurting anyone with my lies then yeah, go go. I'd go with the liar and rich because you can, you can you can help the poor if you're rich, can't you? You can't help anyone if you're poor. So what's a little white lie here and there to to make it? See, I'm trying to put a positive spin on on being a shit house person, <laughs> but yeah, like a liar and rich every single time, hundred percent. You're about to audition for a big TV talent competition. What's your talent? Hmm. What's my talent? Oh, God, like interviewing people, but you're not putting that on. You can't. You can't be going on a television talent competition and interviewing people. I guess I can. I can tell a tell a good story sometimes, but you can't. That's not really a talent show thing either, is it? I can I can play songs on the bagpipes that aren't like necessarily bagpipe songs. Um, I'm making myself sound like a loser now, I know. But if I could, you know, I, I play "We Will Rock You" on the bagpipes. That's pretty cool, isn't it? No, it's not cool. It's not cool. I know it's not cool. What the fuck is my talent? You're exposing me. You are exposing me for being talentless and being obsessed with money and lying oh what a shit person <laughs> um okay what's my talent i could talk like donald duck uh, but who can't do that i don't even know if i can still do that um yeah i can still do it a little bit so that, that imagine going on tv and just doing that I haven't got a talent worth going on a TV talent competition. I do not have a talent that, that stacks up that would put I would ever put myself on TV with 
yeah, I just don't have one. I don't have one that's good enough for TV. There's your answer. I'm sorry. How do you react to criticism? Oh, I think like it depends how it's given to me. If you, it, I, I like, I like criticism where the person is, uh, has got the same goal in mind as me. Like if we're talking, if we're talking about um, the podcast and uh, you know the people that are involved in in my podcast, Fred and Tristan, um, great producers with like really um, clear vision of 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 what I'm trying to achieve and what they're trying to achieve, and it's like so collaborative that you know when I do the interviews, and I do so much research into the interviews, and then and then spend so much time actually and then doing the interview you get emotionally attached to it so it's not nice to hear when they will come out and they'll be like it's not actually that good um but and that doesn't feel nice but at the end of the day like as long as you and they under that they're, they're explaining why it's not very good and what bits what what bits aren't very good and like if they can do that and you can do that then then naturally i'll come around because at the end of the day like my emotions or my feelings are not as important as the end product of the podcast. Like we've done interviews with people and just not put them out because they weren't good enough. Um, and I, you know, once I'd finished that interview, I'm not sitting there thinking that's not good enough. That's not going out. It's not until someone's told me before we put it out. I'd rather them do that than than put it out because they're scared of hurting my feelings. Um, but at the same time, like it's just it's. It's not nice to be criticised. It's not. But once you understand why you're being criticised, then you can move forward with that and accept it. And then, and then, as long as you're like taking on, as long as you're taking that criticism on board as constructive. But if someone's criticising me and just for no no reason other to be shit house, then I don't really react to it. I don't think. I don't find it. I don't think anyone that. I care about enough would do that with you know, t to me to to you know, if, if someone criticized me that I don't give a shit about and I don't give a shit about that person that's criticizing me then I don't care like I really could not give a shit but if someone that does care about me criticizes something then maybe that would hurt my feelings but the people that I care about don't really do that um yeah uh, yeah, I think that answers that. Play by the rules or cheat? Definitely, uh, this contradicts my lying and rich thing, but definitely play by the rules because I think when you cheat, you just get caught out, you, no matter what it is, and it just fucks people off. Like if you're if you're playing a game. And someone's cheating, or you know you're cheating. Like, where's the fun in that? Like, it's just shit. Like, my, I don't play cards with my family because they're all a bunch of cheats. Like, my dad's a cheat, my brothers are a cheat. They're terrible at cheating. And even, like, I've got this rule: I'll never play cards with them because I've learned. I just we just get in arguments, and we get in arguments because they fucking cheat and like i have decided to never play cards with them and i can't i don't know if you've heard of the game double so this is a it's a really basic game and um i took this home to new zealand and 
started and, and I, I made an exception. I was like, okay, I'm going to play with you guys, but I just like it's you, you can't possibly cheat. Like you can't be cheating at this game because like this just, it won't be fun. And then they cheated. Sure enough, I'm just flicks a switch in me. I'm just like, fuck you guys. I'm not playing. And I'll storm out of a family card game like no one's business. I will drop my lip. So like playing by the rules is just it's just important. Like if you if you have rules, the rules are there for everyone to have a chance at winning. It's as simple as that. Like the rules aren't there to deliberately piss people off. They're there to give everyone a fair crack. And if someone's cheating. They think they deserve more of a crack than everyone else. And they don't. <laughs> no one does. Like, you've got to, like you just got to, if you're not good enough to play the game, don't play it. If you're, if you, if you need to cheat to, to win, then don't play the game. Like, like where's, where's the fun in that? Like, you know, like, you know, in anything you're playing, you're trying to find out if it's a game, you're trying to find out who's the best at something. You can't put your hand up and say, I'm the best at something if you know you've cheated because you know you're not the best. What makes you happy? Hmm. Definitely, definitely my nieces and nephews. Like, they make me so happy. Um, I'm not going to get emotional again on this one. And... And my fiance makes me so happy. I know that sounds soppy, but like she goes to work every day, and she's always she's been going to work throughout the last two years. She's had to go to work, and like, I've been working from home every day. And like when when she, when she gets home, I'm just I'm like a like you know when a like there's a puppy dog at the door scratching at the door when they arrive home. Like that's it's just such a cool feeling. Like when she gets back, and she's just such a happy person. Um, and she just, yeah, she makes me so happy. Like every, every day, every day, like whenever I see her, even in the mornings and the evenings when she gets back from work, she's just a fucking legend. And like, that's, that's what makes me, that's what makes me happy. That's like, yeah, she's awesome. She's awesome. Like, I, I don't want to like crack on too much about it because like, everyone's kind of probably thinking oh what a dick or like well you know you know i care what people think sometimes i probably care too much but like you know i think everyone wants that person don't they and if you got it you know what i'm talking about if you don't you're like shut the fuck up what a soppy cunt <laughs> sorry what person from history would you love to have as a guest on your show Muhammad Ali, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, Muhammad Ali, like, can you imagine, can you imagine having Muhammad Ali on your show and just like, he, because he's such a good talker, you'd, like, and, and he just, he has an answer for everything, Um, he's funny, he's so intelligent, and he's just got he's got so many good stories like he's been in so many like he's he's a sports guy that's been in so many big moments in sport then he's a political figure not that he's in politics but he was a political figure for um, for human rights and everything like that and and so he was such a big figure in that era as well and so he's like 
not he's not just a boxer. He's like transcended sport, like a Michael Jordan. He'd be another person I'd love to have on my show. But Muhammad Ali has got he just ticks every single box. He just has he's been in so many big moments throughout history. Um, in some of those moments, he's 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 made some of them. He's been a part of and put his stamp on it. So yeah, definitely Muhammad Ali. Like what what a what a legend and what a guest you'd be. It'd be so funny and then so informative and knowledgeable at the same time. Is there a particular guest story that you still think about today? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the one that stands out for me the most um, was a guy called Mark Ormrod. So he was uh, serving in Afghanistan and he um, was out on a patrol. And he's, when he told me this story and he told it to me like in detail, I felt like time was standing still. I felt like every bit of detail of what happened was so um, vivid in the way he talked about it and um, the way he delivers it. And you're just like, holy shit. Fuck, this is so insane. So he's out on a patrol and he... He's clearing this area like he's with his he's with his team and he kneels down on the ground and this explosion goes off. He thinks that he's been they've been attacked and a bomb's gone off. There's a dust cloud's gone up in the air, and then um, he basically gets thrown up in the air. He lands. He's still thinking, I've got to roll over and try and um, work out where the enemy's coming from. Meanwhile, um, then he's like looks down at his legs, and his legs have been blown off. Then, then one of his arms has been blown off. Then, um, then he's like freaking out, and they they have to like extract him, and they put him on the back of this, um, on the back of this like jeep, and they're like burning off, and um, he they're going up a hill, and. He's starting to slide back and the guy in the Jeep like reaches around and like grabs hold of his femur, like his bone that's sticking out of his leg and holds onto it to hold, to keep him on the on the, on the fucking Jeep. And I'm just like sitting there while he's telling me this and he's just like just telling so matter of fact factly, like this is what's happened. And then and then he goes then he goes gets on gets on the plane and he goes home and like basically they they put him on a chopper and they think he's dead like they're not they they're leaving him they're thinking there's another person on the chopper that's also injured they're working on him um also when he gets blown up just before I carry on with that before he get uh, once he gets blown up and he's lying there he and they're extracting him he's like I need my shoe and he grabs his boot and put he grabs his leg and puts it on his on his chest and they carry him off but anyway they get him on the chopper they think he's dead the paramedics that are working on him. Um, so his heart rate's gone so low, he's got no legs, one arm, um, just shot to bits. Uh, and then the one of the paramedics noticed, like they walk past him and notice his eyes flicker. So then they start working on him. Then they save him. Some like amazing, amazing work to to save him. And then he gets back to the UK, and it's not long after. You're talking about a couple of days afterwards. By this stage, the um news had got to his family 
and his girlfriend who he'd been with for about a year max um and they get back to the uk and um yeah it's just crazy like how they all support him and how they get around him and how um yeah he goes through such tough times during like the recovery as you would as you'd expect but then like the resilience that he shows throughout that process and the way he worked through it and the um like it was really emotional about how, how much support like his girlfriend now his wife like gave him and then um then he goes on and like starts like carving up at the Invictus games which is you know where soldiers that have been injured in war um they they compete prince harry um started that and he starts carving up in that and doing really good things and like now he's like he just raises money for like charities to help soldiers and he's just a fucking legend man like he has been through like so much and when you talk to him he's just it's like it's like he's having the best day of his life when you speak to him or when you see him on if you follow him on instagram he's having the best day of his life every day and like that that is just, it's just like the most inspiring dude you'll ever meet or ever see like in your in your life like he has made more out of his life than i could ever dream of and yet he's had so much adversity to cope with i wouldn't be surprised if like he goes and climbs everest or some shit like that like the guy is insane um yeah that's that's the story that sticks with me and that's the story that's the guy who um you know who 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 sets the bar when it comes to being a, a legend of a human like that guy's the, the guy that everyone wants to aspire to be that's all the questions completed how did you find the experience how did i find that experience um yeah it was cool it was a it was, that was a cool experience it's I'm sick of hearing my voice now. Like I haven't heard myself talk like this for. Yeah, I hate. I, I don't. No, I don't hate sounding my own voice, but I don't. I don't feel comfortable talking like as much as I do. And I think that's like what you get when you listen to my podcast is that I'll maybe talk like two or three sentences at a time. But I found it great, and like, I think self-reflection is quite important, isn't it? I think that's what I got out of this. Thank you again, Andy, for being the guest on Podcaster. It was nice to meet you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Podcaster. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcasterPod. This podcast was brought to you by the Chancer Collective. Take care and until next time... Goodbye.